At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. The maze goes on and on and on. Dot after dot, pellet after pellet. It's just another day for Pac-Man to do his thing. As Pac aims for a cherry, a strange portal appears on the side of the maze, and he takes a left turn into the unknown. It is then that he finds himself in a large, empty, darkened room. All the lights flood on at once as a man covered in question marks stands before him. Grabbing his staff and pointing it at the intruder, he exclaims, I don't know how you got here, but riddle me this. What's yellow and round and about to die? Pac-Man just hovers there, mouth open, with no reply. Ah, enough of this! Riddler shouts and then starts pressing every button he can find. It's Puckman versus Enigma. It's Yellow Dot versus Green Jacket. It's Pac-Man versus the Riddler. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsy, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. We have, today, the second match in our Mainstream March series, where we bring you popular characters from the 1980s. In today's episode, we have one of the most iconic video game characters of all time, versus a long-standing member of Batman's Rose Gallery. In one corner, you have Pac-Man, the character that some say started the video game revolution, who can be found in every arcade, in every city, and pretty much every moment of the 1980s versus the Riddler, a genius level villain who has tormented Batman for decades. As usual, I did the patented who would win Google test just to see how many times this match has been discussed. Why bother? Ray, before, why bother, why, I, I almost didn't. I almost didn't, but I had to do it. And you'll never believe this. I would have put a million dollars on this matchup never having been discussed As before. Would I. So I entered into Google waiting for Google to start laughing at me. 
and it's actually been discussed a total of one time. What? One time, this matchup, yes, was discussed wow. on some superhero forum a few years ago. Someone posed the question, no one answered. Okay. At all. So it has been asked, but it's never been discussed. Someone came up with this. I'm shocked, because I thought this was the most <laughs> unique matchup in who would win history. I, I'm still not sure how we got to this, what life choices we made that brought us to this moment. Uh, but I can say it's safe to say that Who Would Win brings you yet again a never-been-done-before Who Would Win or premier geek matchup of geek culture. I'm just saying this is a great matchup. No one's talked about it. We're doing it today. I'm excited. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's I'm fight? I'm a huge fan, of course, of Mainstream March Presents, the 1980s versus everybody. Last week, we did Speed Racer versus Knight Rider, 80s versus... Versus 1960s here, you know, Riddler's from the 1940s, which is just crazy. Yep. If you think about it, then there was a huge gap. They didn't use him. And then he's 60s, 70s. And he's huge now in the new, the Batman movie that just recently came out. So, you know, we were going to try to work in the Riddler at some point. What better place to work <laughs> in the Riddler than a <laughs> 1980s themed matchup against video game icon, the Pac-Man. Again, I don't know if there was some sort of chemical element that seeped in through the air vents into the boardroom while we put this together, but this is where we are. It is honest to gosh, I said it before, I'll say it again, perhaps the most unique matchup in who would win show history. There was definitely no intoxicating mind fog. I was not trying to convince people of this matchup. It kind of came up, and I got to give credit to Race to Canis, who said, you know, when this someone mentioned this matchup, and he's like, go on. And I'm thinking, what? Who thought? And the more we kind of talked about it, the more it just seemed this around the corner in a really weird way did make sense. Ray, here's the thing. I'm just going to tell you this right now. I love the Riddler. And I will not be taking this person for granted. I will not be underestimating what the Riddler can do because he's got some massive feats. I can't wait for this fight. Now, um, and this is the part of the show where we typically have some fun, talk about, you know, questions we get from the Legion of Audience, fun. you know, our fan base, what have you. But I wanted to kind of switch things up. You know, at the beginning of the show, I said, you know, welcome to Who Would Win. You know, we avoid talking about anything important happening in the world. Unfortunately, uh, with what's going on, especially in the Ukraine right now, it's really hard to ignore that, ignore that part. Uh, I've got friends uh, who have families over there. I've got a friend of mine who's stuck over there, unfortunately, got caught last minute, couldn't get out, and is now in Kiev. And a lot of us have been talking about, well, what can we do? And it's frustrating, and we want to help, but we don't know how. So I spoke to a good friend of mine. Again, her, her husband's stuck over there. And uh, she said, you know, donate something to, you know, help out the, the parents that are there, the kids that are stuck there, the people that are, you know, trying to just, you know, do the right thing and be superheroes living in the Ukraine. So uh, the Who Would Win show made a donation to uh, a great charity. And uh, I actually put that in a link in some of my uh, social media posts. And what we'd love to just do is encourage our legion of audience, our fan base, if you can, if you're feeling frustrated, like, what can I do to help? This is how you do it. Find a great charity that donates to some great cause in the Ukraine. Uh, they need food. They need supplies. They need uh, medical everything. I mean, just anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. And uh, it's just the right thing to do. Ray, any thoughts on all of this? Absolutely. The people of Ukraine obviously are going to need uh, help, even even if as the uh, escalation ramps down, uh, hopefully, uh, there's still people going to need help out there. And so this is an area of the world where, you know, you can make a difference. You can help. Uh, the link to James Charity that he spoke about will be found in the show notes of this episode. And so if, if you have the opportunity, you have the availability and you have the interest, that is a great thing that you could uh, help out with if you so chose to. It's an important thing to do. Uh, our fan base is important to us. It just seems like a natural fit. Um, so 
please do what you can. With all that being said, you know, speaking of important things, it's time to introduce our guest judge. Making another appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's voice actor extraordinaire, the host of Tuned In on Nickelodeon, and now starring on the new series Super Pumped on Showtime. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Rama Valori. Rama, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure to be back. Rama, you know, what's great about you, on top of everything, by the way, is the fact that you never have downtime. At least you never seem to have downtime. You're always working on something fantastic, uh, whether it's voice work or TV shows or what have you. And now you're on uh, Super Pumped on Showtime time uh you know the show all about uber and how it came to be and all of the craziness behind us tell our fan base the legion of audience all about it uh it's based on the book super pump the battle for uber by new york times journalist mike isaac who did extensive work on the rise and subsequent fall if if we can call it that of former ceo travis kalanick and the team behind Billions, who created Billions and runs it, David Levine, Brian Koppelman, Beth Schachter, are the showrunners of this show. And it's a seven-episode limited series with Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Travis Kalanick, Kyle Chandler as the VC guy, Bill Gurley, Uma Thurman as Ariana Huffington, all kinds of crazy celebrity cameos, including Hank Azaria as Tim Cook, and then you got folks like me in the rank and file <laughs> in it. I'm in five out of the seven episodes, starting in episode three. So, yeah, it's a so wild... Starting this weekend. Wi- yeah, and it's a wild, wild ride, so just sit back and enjoy the chaos. And frankly, you'll remember while you're watching it, you'll remember a lot about what was going on oh, yeah. the before times go, oh, right, I deleted Uber that weekend too, and you'll you'll see why. It's very detailed. I can say, having been on it, it's one of the coolest things, perhaps the coolest thing I've ever done. The cast is incredible, both as performers, but also as people. I love everybody who I worked with in that cast, in that crew. One of my co-stars, Mark Gessner, who plays Gil on the show, who was also in a Comcast Xfinity commercial with me like five years ago. As he put it, it's rare that you work on something where you like everybody from any position, working in front of, behind the camera, doesn't matter. Someday, I hope to also work on a project where I like everyone as well. Wow. Someday. There's Mm, that cutting Canadian wit we've come to expect. Ray, take notes. This is the kind of hard-hitting quip you get on the other side of the lake. This is Windsor wit. This isn't Detroit wit. This is Quebecois (laughs) culture. That's a Q and a C, by the way. All right, listen, we have a deep thinker, a philosopher, if you will, as well as an amazing actor with Rama Valuri. We have Ray Sicanis repping the Riddler. You've got me repping Pac-Man. You couldn't ask for a better show. So with all that being said, let's get this party started. Ray, do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing video games, the yellow dot that would fail any PED test he may take, Pac-Man. And representing DC Comics, the supervillain who doesn't just fight Batman, he also tries to get you free money from the government, the Riddler. Look, I'm going to do Matthew Lesko jokes (laughs) as much as I can, and it's really the only time I could ever do one, so here we are. There's... There are two people, or uh, technically three, who would make Matthew Lesko jokes in this day and age. One is the Almighty Ray, and the other are 
Doc Hammer and Jackson Public of Venture Brothers, who made yes. Matthew Lesko an actual villain in the show. <laughs> Guys, feel- if you don't know, YouTube search Matthew Lesko, and then you're going to be like, oh, Ray got one. He nailed yeah. that one. And also, you might want to use his services, because maybe the government owes you money. You don't know. Maybe they do. You got a grant. You might sure. have one. That's true. All right. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, we've talked about the Batman coming out and other versions. What version of the Riddler will you be using today? Well, I haven't seen the new Batman, I'm sorry, the Batman movie yet, so I can't use the Paul Dano version. I bet it's awesome. So I'm just going to stick to the tried and true comic book version of the Riddler. And that's a good call. All right. Look, there's a lot of different versions of Pac-Man, a lot of different animated series. Never mind the classic, iconic, and I mean that in the complete opposite way of the 1980s Pac-Man series, mm. uh, animated series, which was something. Uh, so I'll be sticking with the video game version I that shares the same continuity from inception in the early 80s all the way until, like, I guess today with Smash Brothers. All right, rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but would be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes. Rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to the Who Would Win Facebook page to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. By the way... It's time to celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today and what is their battle? We have our second patron from across the pond in the UK. We have Felix Cult. Felix Cult. He is our patron featured of the week. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you for being part of our community. So, Felix, I get a sense that you're very, very powerful. I'm going to have you go against... The Red Hulk. The Red Hulk. The thing to keep in mind about Felix Cult is that he is uh, from the UK. His pledge is in pounds. I find that to be very exciting. And with Felix Cult being from across the pond, it means he's surrounded by water. So when the Red Hulk gets very, very angry, the thing we know about the Red Hulk is that he starts to heat up. We learned that in the Red Hulk versus Homelander episode. So what does Felix Cult need to do in order to beat him? Well, he's surrounded by all the oceans being in the UK. You drop the Red Hulk in the water. He evaporates a lot of the water, but can't quite evaporate it all. At that point, the Red Hulk is going to drown, perhaps uh, in a steam drowning. And then Felix Call obviously would be the winner. I mean, this tracks. I got a really great insight into the way uh, people from the UK think from that really great show, Ted Lasso. And the one thing I can tell you is they think outside the box. The Red Hulk comes at you. Most people would take them on directly. Not Felix. He's like, you're going to lure the Red Hulk into the water. Ray, I think you nailed it. Felix for the win. Congratulations, Felix. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. In this life, it pays to zig when everyone else is zagging. 
Movement saw a stagnant marketplace for watches and accessories and changed it with their unbelievable prices on some pretty classy stuff. You know by now I love my Astro Blue watch. I wear it when I want to look good. When we do live Who Would Win shows again in 2023, I guarantee I will be wearing my Astro Blue watch. And you know what time of year it is. Get something classy for your loved ones and don't break your bank to do it. Be the good gifter with movement. During their seasonal sale, get a special discount just in time for the holidays. Join the movement today at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Join the movement. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for the Riddler. The Riddler is a genius intellect member of Batman's rogue gallery. He was created by Bill Finger and Dick Sprang and first appeared in Detective Comics number 140 back in 1948. Edward Nigma was a smart child with a fascination with puzzles. After cheating to win a contest at school, he realized at a very young age that cheaters do win and that puzzles are cool. Now grown up, the Riddler is a narcissist who loves trying to outwit Batman, usually ending in the Cape Crusader locked into a death trap of some kind. Fun fact, riddle me this. When was the Riddler at his most strange? Do you know? Time's almost up. I'm sorry you fail, but I'll tell you the answer anyway. Frank Gorshin, who played the Riddler on the classic 1966 Batman TV series, really took the most forgotten about C-list character, the Riddler, and brought him into the public consciousness with his memorable performance on the show and movie. But Gorshin didn't stop there, as he lent his voice to the animated series The Batman back in 2005, playing not the Riddler, but Hugo Strange. And that is the Riddler. Interesting. Huh. Okay, here are the important details for Pac-Man. Pac-Man was created by Toru Iwatani and first appeared in 1980 in the classic arcade game, of course, talking about Pac-Man. Pac-Man is an action maze chase video game. The player controls the eponymous character, that's a big word for me, through an enclosed maze. The objective of the game is to eat all the dots placed in the maze while avoiding four-colored ghosts that pursue him. When Pac-Man eats all the dots, the player advances to the next level. Pac-Man has been an iconic video game character to everything from being the husband of Miss Pac-Man to father of baby Pac-Man. In addition, Pac-Man is considered by many to be one of the most influential video games of all time. The game established the maze chase game genre, was the first video game with power-ups, and the individual ghosts have deterministic artificial intelligence that reacts to player actions. All of this back in 1980. And here's an interesting fact about Pac-Man. Did you know that the highest score possible in Pac-Man is 3,333,360 points? It's true. Although Pac-Man doesn't have an ending as such or a final boss, an integer overflow, Ray, that's math, by the way, mm. makes the 256 level impossible to clear. This means that if every dot, power pellet, fruit, and enemy is consumed on each of the 255 levels, the maximum possible score is 3,303,360 points. The legendary video game champion Billy Mitchell was the first player to achieve a perfect Pac-Man score. By the way, in the movie Pixels with Adam Sandler, where we saw a kind of live-action Pac-Man come to life, it was the legendary Peter Dinkley who based his character off of Billy Mitchell in order to bring the 1980s arcade feeling to the film. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Rama, do you have any questions before we get started? Did you actually watch Pixels? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not proud of this, Rama. I did. You are the only person I know who actually watched Pixels. And I Guys. know a guy who dressed up for the, the event for when it premiered. And even he didn't watch Pixels. I got a bad thing I need to admit right now. I, uh -huh. too, have seen Pixels. 
Listen, we make mistakes. All right. Ray, now that our embarrassing backstory has been told for the first time ever, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for the Riddler. Let's just start with the most obvious thing to talk about with the Riddler, his enormous intellect. He's one of the smartest characters in all of DC Comics. Now, he has a lot of kind of uh, factual knowledge. He he can put things together and he can see uh, relationships between items and words and objects better than anybody else can. He's not a great scientist. That needs to be said. He seems to be very, very good at creating electronics. He seems to be like one of many people who can just make robots whenever the heck he wants to. But he has an IQ somewhere in the 190s is what I've seen theorized, which seems to me to be pretty good. I don't know what numbers mean, but I do know that 190 is higher than what they said my IQ was when I took the test last. The point is that he's so smart that he was res- he's respected by Batman because Riddler at one point got hit in the head and became a good guy. Uh, I don't know exactly how the Fred Flintstone thing works, but he got hit in the head. <laughs> he became a good guy for about a year, and then they just decided, nah, he's just evil again. That's boring. But in that year, Batman brought him along on ride-alongs to be as good a detective as he was because the Riddler became a detective in that time and actually put a lot of good stuff together. He's also a master of explosives. He's a big, big fan of two things. Well, three things. Riddles, death traps, and explosives. He is never without having things rigged all around him to blow up at a moment's notice. He he absolutely loves it. In fact, in his first meeting with Batman, uh, he got so bored of outwitting the police that he was holding sticks of dynamite and Batman introduces himself and starts punching him because that's how Batman works. Well, Riddler lights a stick of dynamite, throws it at Batman, and Batman starts wailing on him and the Riddler just starts laughing. And Batman's like, I am beating the snot out of you. Why are you laughing? He goes, because you forgot the dynamite. Boom! And then he, Batman survived. I mean, the spoiler alert. Uh, Batman did survive that, but the Riddler was able to get away because the Riddler likes to blow stuff up. One time he planted an explosive on someone's neck inside, like, I guess their, their makeup, their stage makeup, but he was able to apply an explosive to somebody without them noticing on their neck. So it's not just that he loves explosions, gets you to stand next to one, although that's a pretty good idea, and then blows it up. If he gets in close, he can slide one onto you without you even noticing and blow you up a little bit later. Heck, he's so smart. He's one of the very few people who figured out who Batman was purely through using logic alone. He figured out that he was Bruce Wayne. Again, spoiler alert, but he figured it out all on his own without any help, without any kind of secret. He just sort of looks at him once and he's just like, must be hard to keep secrets, eh, Bruce? And he was like, oh no. And then through plot lines, he ended up having to forget. Uh, And then Batman convinced him not to tell anybody because if only you know the secret, then it's a secret worth having. You know, it's some good mind games, you know, to say that. But the other thing to keep in mind about the Riddler is he loves to cheat. He will create these riddles and death traps and puzzles that do have solutions, but sometimes he doesn't really want there to be solutions. Remember, he cheated to win that first puzzle back when he was a kid and he found out, oh, that works. So he's a guy who absolutely has no problem taking the low road in order to achieve his goals. There's not a lot of honor among the Riddler, even though often, you know, he has, he has a riddle and there is an actual answer to it. But when it comes to do his death traps, he's put Batman in a few that were not supposed to have any solutions. Of course, Batman figured it out, but that's Batman, not Pac-Man. Huge difference between the two characters. So between these two characters, this is effectively a bull 
versus a Matador. Pac-Man's going to come at the Riddler, but the Riddler's too smart. And the Riddler's going to get out of the way every time, position Pac-Man where he wants him, and blow him out. That's my point number one. Okay, so that's actually a really strong point, and you brought up a lot of stuff that I absolutely love about the Riddler. He's got this enormous intellect. When it comes to puzzles, yeah, he's definitely got this genius intuition, if you will, where you can just put the pieces together and kind of figure that out. Uh, so no no debating that. Riddler, however, has a couple of little psychological weaknesses. He does get emotional if things don't go his way or if things don't line up the way he thought the chess pieces were supposed to line up. He gets upset as well, and that's kind of led him a a few times. I'll bring that up more a little bit later. Uh, I will say that Riddler is definitely a master planner. If he's got advanced knowledge and time to prepare for something, he can come up with some absolutely amazing plans of attack, strategies, traps, and what have you. Again, as long as he's got that advanced knowledge and time to prepare, this person is highly capable. So with all that being said, let me kind of go, come from a, a different perspective and talk about the basics of Pac-Man, uh, who's all, you know, after uh, I, for my point number one, I, I looked at at him, I researched him. This character, you know, last week, Ray, you said that Speed Racer is kind of crazier than you thought, more dangerous than you thought when you researched him. Yeah, Pac-Man also falls into that category. He's he's more destructive and powerful than I ever realized. So let me kind of talk about that. Now, of course, Pac-Man eats. He's known for that. He eats a lot. We've seen him eat millions of pellets over the decades, but he's such a voracious eater that he's eaten cars, armor, plates and dishes, a spaceship from the Galaga video game that somehow got put into the Pac-Man game. And of course, he loves eating ghosts, which is really, really cool. Uh, he has no problem taking chunks out of opponents and what have you. That's a kind of a weird cannibalistic thing going on. I'm not really sure how that works, but he loves doing it. Uh, he's got super strength. He's able to pick up massive slabs of stone. He took a tree trunk that is planted in the ground and proceeds to shove the tree trunk through the ground several yards in front of him. He did the same thing with a, a water, a fire hydrant. That's insane strength. And, you know, of course, with that strength comes super strong punches. Uh, using punches, Pac-Man destroyed giant scorpions, needed only three punches to do so. He destroyed large combat-style robots. He even killed large monsters only using his punches. That is insane. He's got super speed. You know, if he has enough time to run in place, he can ramp up his speed, launch himself forward like a bowling ball, and just wreak destruction everywhere. Uh, he moves so fast that time slows down when Pac-Man is about to be hit, allowing him to react faster to whatever danger is coming away. That's impressive. Now, in later games, Pac-Man also has a major increase in durability, where, unlike before, he now has a health bar. So you remember the original iteration of Pac-Man, if it goes hit him, you know, he's dead. This time he's got a health bar, so it takes a lot more to take him out. Let's see, he fell from a, a skyscraper, hit the ground, was dazed for a few seconds before getting up and walking away absolutely fine. He got hit by an asteroid, and his health bar only went down slightly each time. An asteroid raced to Canis, that's crazy. Uh, here's my favorite, Pac-Man was completely unharmed after this mechanical planetoid that looked like a mini version of the Death Star he was on, a very mini version of that. He was on that, it blew up, and it just launched him to space, and he's smiling, and he landed on a chunk of cheese, which also means he can survive in the vacuum of space. Highly impress impressive. Let's see, he can take heat from like former magma, he can tank electricity, can even tank magic. This is crazy. Uh, but Pac-Man also eats and uses pellets. We've seen that too. Uh, Pac-Man can do some great stuff with these pellets. For example, he can summon these pack, they're called pack pellets into his hand at will. So what's he do with that? Well, once he has one, it can restore his health bar. Now, I don't think he's got that unlimited capability, but he can restore his health at least once in a matchup, possibly twice. He can charge his pack pellet, making it explode when it comes in contact with an object. It's kind of similar to how Gambit does it from the X-Men. He charges up one of his cards with kinetic energy, throws it at someone, and that blows up. Really cool. He can uh, shoot a laser after he ingests a certain type of pa uh, pellet that 
in his words, toast ghosts. Other pellets allow him to uh, shoot lasers around a corner, create a laser that circles around Pac-Man, has a laser that shoots in front and behind of him, because why not? He can surround himself with a shield of electricity with certain pellets, uh, and this fries anyone that comes near him. He can electrify himself and send bolts of electricity out to zap the nearest opponent, and he can partially encase all, go- all opponents in ice, slowing them down. This is someone who's highly versatile, and this is just the base form of him. By the way, best part of all, he's got three lives. So, God forbid, somehow he dies, his health bar runs out, the Riddler somehow does that, which I don't think he will. Well, guess what? Pac-Man's going to come back at least two more times, and he's got all this. Again, this is his base form. More to follow. That's my point number one. Very, very interesting. Now, you're going to bring up a lot of different types of Pac-Man games. Now, Pac-Man has had a long history and still appears in games today. The thing to keep in mind is some of these games that you're going to reference, games like Super Smash Brothers, that is the definition of a crossover event, and that should be given a lot less weight. The idea of him lining up against some of those characters in this other world, uh, I take a lot of grain of salt. I've actually, when done previous video game characters, avoided using Smash Brothers purely because it is majorly crossover and should be given less weight. Now, one of the things is when he has three lives, and he does, but when he dies, he comes back in the exact same maze that he was found in before. So if Riddler gets him into a death trap and he dies in the death trap, obviously he's going to come back in the death trap. So I don't know that that's going to be as powerful, as good a move as you seem to think that it is. Uh, and the last question we'll go with all this. You saw him eating cars and you said Galaga things. Has he eaten people? Are people on the menu for Pac-Man? Great question. He's eaten, he's taken chunks or eaten things that are uh, sentient, alive, if you will, as well as inanimate objects. So the answer is, has he ever eaten a human? He hasn't actually encountered Mm -hmm. a pure human being before. Exactly. That's fine. Now, the one thing I will say is I'm going to also avoid referencing Smash Brothers as in terms of using any abilities or feats from there. I actually agree with you 100% this time, Ray, on avoiding using that. This will be staying strictly within the Pac-Man video game and, continuity. And that's all you can ask for. Look, James, I've eaten sentient things, too. I've had a cheeseburger. So, you know, I understand what you're saying right there. My point is I don't think he's going to take a big bite of the Riddler. I think that's going to hamstring him in this match. That's true. I, I just wonder if Riddler has something that's not sentient that he carries on him that could be eaten by Pac-Man. But he doesn't. We'll, figure, we'll find out. We'll never know. All right, Rami, you've heard points one from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at so far with this battle? The most detailed the both of you have ever been while I've been on this show. You both have done your research and shockingly have been complimentary to each other in your rebuttals, which is hmm. also something I'm not used to. And when it, there's <laughs> things that I'm not used to, I... Greet them with suspicion and confusion. So I'm a bit thrown by this entire process. I was expecting more venom out of out of the pair of you, but we got more logic and reason, which is interesting and something the Riddler would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a very reasonable and, well, he's an irrational individual in terms of psychosis, but he is very practical along the way. And... You brought up some incredible points, Ray, about things that the Riddler can do, likes to do, places he's been, people he's become. And James, you've met him with all of these insane things that Pac-Man could do that, frankly, <laughs> I, I've i played several different iterations of Pac-Man from the original arcade game through Smash Brothers, which we aren't playing with here, and even the 
what was it? The, it was a Sega CD that first had, or Dreamcast oh, wow. had the Pac-Man game on it. I, I played that, and I was very confused when I didn't have to go side to side, but there was an open world in Pac-Man. <laughs> and there's just so many things that I learned about Pac-Man just now that I, frankly, didn't know uh, without tipping anything one way or the other. This is a, this is a fairly even round here that I don't think either of you clearly won, but you've actually made this matchup far more reasonable than it has any right to be. Because on its face value, when when I was told by Ray that it would be the Riddler versus Pac-Man, I think I laughed for three minutes straight, just trying to figure out how this would work. And now you've really laid the groundwork for something that is, frankly, compelling in a way that it absolutely should not be. (laughs) So I'll say, as of right now, this round is a bit of a push because you have something completely irrational matching up with something that is logical and reasonable. And I'm very curious to see where you build on from here because there's almost a deluge of information, an overwhelming amount of reasons on either side that I don't know that either of you has definitively canceled out any other point. You've brought up more questions for clarification from each other and have been so nice to each other that I I, am, I haven't experienced the who would win venom that I'm used to. So <laughs> since this is more like a day at the park on a picnic, I think we have to wait and see when uh, someone gets a little angry. Listen, I try to keep everything very nice, very cordial and what have you. Well, you're Canadian, so. That's true. And uh, Ray's here, though. I'm inspired by my character today, logic and reason only. (laughs) We'll see how far that'll carry you, Ray. (laughs) I I don't believe that you have it in you to be logical and reasonable the entire time. Perhaps like the Riddler himself, you will grow more and more irrational as this matchup goes on, but... That's on James to get you to that point. So let's go to point number two. Let's hit it. All right, Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two for the Riddler. Let's just talk about some of his physicals and some of his inventions. Now, we know the Riddler is not one of the most physically potent individuals uh, that we've ever seen in the world. He tends to get his butt handed to him by any combat level person that he's come across. But there was a storyline where he got a brain tumor and he ended up popping himself down into the Lazarus Pit, the League uh, Legion of Assassins, I believe, the, the Raj al Ghul, Rafe al Say it however you want. It's America, kids. He falls down. It falls down. He goes down into the Lazarus pit. And when he comes out, the brain tumor is cleared, but his physicals improved as well. He was able to take damage. The Batmobile smashed into him once, and he was in this major car accident, was able to walk away from it. At one point, he broke his wrist. He was handcuffed to a bed and shot up full of sedatives uh, for a two-hour surgery on his wrist. He woke up. He was able to uh, escape from the handcuffed to the bed situation and knocked out a security guard and was able to escape. So it's not that he's completely incompetent. Heck, one time I watched him beat up the green arrow. 
the Green Arrow kind of a good character. There's a whole section of comics where he got bored with Batman because of story, and he went over to the Green Arrow world and was actually an even cooler vil- villain over there. He beat him down with a baseball bat over the course of like three straight pages, and Oliver Queen could do nothing about it. A well-trained, powerful character, Riddler was able to get the drop on him and take him down because the Riddler will get you by surprise. Riddler is smarter than you. He's going to work you into a position where you're not going to be good and he's going to pull the trigger in this case severely denting the face of Oliver Queen with a baseball bat. Now, we also could talk about some of the objects that he brings with him because he's also a great inventor. He invented zombie robots to fight at a graveyard scene. So he's always got something going on, some sort of mechanical device. Crossover, I know, but in the Arkham Knight video game, he had this gigantic Warhammer 40,000 Dreadnought device that he strapped himself into, essentially a fight and battle in robot that he was able to take Batman on. And, And these are the things that Riddler brings to the table. It's not just him standing there. He's always got something. He's always in the middle of some sort of plan, some sort of machination. So even though we say no prior knowledge, no prior uh, planning, he's always planning something. So he's always going to be coming with something brought to the table. Heck, he also likes to use flashbang grenades. We've seen him do that on a number of occasions. We've seen him put knockout gas inside of a baseball, throw it into a room, and then knock everybody out. I'm glad that, James, you brought up future iterations of Pac-Man, because that one has a nose that one apparently needs to breathe and so therefore knockout gas would absolutely work on this newer version of pac-man and i gotta bring up the staff his staff is maybe his most iconic weapon you know the big staff he leans on with the question mark at the end of it well more recently that staff has been used uh, as a remote detonator he uses the staff with a little button on it to blow up explosives that he's had planted or hidden around the area before the fight starts or even during the fight he's also turned it into a rifle and shot people with it, which is very, very effective. And he's also used it to uh, give off an electrical charge. He zaps people with it. It's essentially a very, very strong stun gun or taser that he can not, not only touch you with and then and hit you with a whole lot of volts, he could shoot those volts out at you as well with some sort of like lightning attack. Maybe that will come into play a little bit later in the battle. I don't know. Maybe Pac-Man is hurt by electricity. Maybe I'll bring that up later. Who knows? That's the riddle you'll have to solve, James. And that's my point number two. You would be an amazing, uh, Race to Kansas, you would be an amazing 1966 Batman villain. I was born too late for that, unfortunately. But the positive side of me not being a 1966 Batman villain is I'm still alive. I mean, there's 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 benefits of both, like a little bit of column A, a little column. A. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure no, sure. I just I think I think you've got this down pat for like the '60s style uh, a villain uh, kind of thing. All right, let me kind of talk about this. You brought up a lot of great stuff, and I love the fact that you're bringing up history. You did bring up some crossovers, so let me kind of get into that. Now, fun fact about the Lazarus Pit: if you you know the Riddler did go into that, that was in 2010, I believe, or actually even earlier than that, probably 2003 or so. So since then, those physicals have worn off. The reason why is because when, you, when a character goes in the Lazarus Pit. You do get enhanced physicals slightly, but you have to do a number of treatments in the Lazarus Pit for those physicals to actually remain permanent, so or for the anti-aging to stay there or what have you. So one ter- one treatment, got it, cured him of his cancer. That's awesome. But the physicals didn't stick with him super, super long. He doesn't have those anymore. Uh, zombie robots and everything. Yeah, he's got a great mind. He can create stuff. And again, if he has the time and the resources you know, to do it. And in a random encounter, a neutral location, I don't think he's going to be bringing a lot of his stuff with him or even summoning it. Again, he's caught off guard. 
not the time to be planning for it because he just won't have it. I do like the fact that he's got his staff. I do think that's a big part of it. I also think Pac-Man will be eating or at least chomping on his staff because that is nothing compared to the stuff he's eating to like uh, robots and uh, large scorpions and what have you. So that I do think well, he'll have with him. All good things, Ray. So let me get to my point number two. And Ray, you knew I was going to go with this. My point number two is simply that Pac-Man has a lot of power-ups. Now, as we established in other Who Would Win matches involving video game characters, you know, we've had characters like Ryu, Mario, Sonic, Link, uh, Samus, so many other characters, and we included all of their power-ups because they're indeed, you know, available to the characters during this fight. So just like that, Pac-Man is also going to be having the same thing and have access to his power-ups. So in terms of power-ups, there's the typical power-up that we all know where he eats a power pellet, the ghosts that were chasing him turn blue he goes after in order to eat them with this power up he also gets a slight speed increase that's probably the least imp- impressive of all the power-ups let me talk about some other one there's one called the galaxian fruit power-up where pac-man eats one and then he can stun the ghost by shooting a capture beam out of his mouth and this is a you know dedication reference to the 1981 arcade game galaga where a ship comes down shoots out a tractor beam captures him all that kind of good stuff some of my favorite ones he's got a, something called the butt bounce where pac-man can jump in the air land on his butt on someone and do a ton of damage to that character he's also got the super butt bounce which is just like the normal butt bounce but accompanied by a huge explosion which occurs and any enemies or opponents in a certain radius will be absolutely terminated right away he's got the rev roll i talked about this before he revs in high speed then shoots himself like a cannonball in any direction which he points himself and this destroys a lot of enemies as well he's got the pack dot shoot this is a pack pellet that he can uh, create from his hand and shoot like a bullet and to damage his enemies of course he's got the super pack dot shoot stronger form of the same thing but he, he shoots a blast of pack dots from his hands. It's crazy. He can swim. He's actually can swim very similar to like a dolphin. Don't sure that think that's going to come into play, but it's just fun to say. He's got a flip kick that he uses combatively where he jumps in the air, flips, throws a kick, and smashes large boulders and objects in midair. Let's see. He's got a steel body power up. Using this, Pac-Man's body will become steel and can't be damaged. And he can stand on fire and walk across lava with this one. It's a great power up. He's got the electroshock where he can shoot electricity from his hands and damage or stun enemies. Also, tank electricity no problem he's got the triple butt bounce because why not a small shockwave comes out of pac-man when he lands on his butt kills up to two enemies at a time in any radius he's got the ribbon ring power power up where uh he uses this runs after uh someone and he goes so fast an after image will be created that closes in on any enemies uh when he runs in a circle and that ring just closes them and destroys them this is crazy and if all of that wasn't enough there's the ultimate power up of course super pac-man and this is the superhero alter ego of course where he eats power up he grows massively huge gains insane super strength can run through maze walls and ghosts uh and it also gives the you know pac-man the ability to fly and he has access to all these power-ups when he needs them because we've already established this as part of canonically what we do in the who would win show with video video game characters add that to everything i just already put out in point number one and that is my point number two See, one of the things you got to keep in mind when you talk about the power-ups of Pac-Man is they don't last particularly long. It's only a few seconds, and then he's back to normal again. One of the things that you got to keep in mind also is he has to go find those power-ups. He doesn't just conjure them. He doesn't just become Super Pac-Man whenever he wants to. That tends to be in a tucked-away part of a level. That tends to be one out of 10 levels, 20 levels, where these special Super power-ups occur. So it's not just like they're laying all around him like you 
you theorize with Mario, which I didn't think was a very uh, accurate statement. I, he, he has access to them, but he's got to go find them. And I think the Riddler's going to keep him trapped in an environment long enough that he's not going to be able to go exploring in order to find these items. That's, and they also don't last very long when he finds them anyway. Just going to say about that. Another thing I got to talk about here is Pac-Man's durability. He doesn't have very good durability. If there's one thing I've known in dozens of Pac-Man games, one hit and he dies. One hit, one touch from a ghost, one fall off a cliff, one slash from an enemy, and Pac-Man evaporates. That's the reality of it. Riddler can take a few shots. Pac-Man tends to take one shot and go straight down. I got to call you out on that one, Ray. That last one, that's not the case anymore. He's had a health bar associated with the character for years now. Uh, sure, the more dangerous the character, the stronger they hit and the more you know health the health bar drops. But he's not going down like with one shot in the original iteration where if a ghost touches him, he dies. That's long, uh, long, long done. I but- would disagree straight with that. There have been a couple of, couple of the maybe 30 different Pac-Man games, maybe like two or three, giving him a health bar. But Pac-Man throughout the years, if we're going with the Pac-Man as we know it, one shot will always put him down. And there are new iterations of Pac-Man coming out that also are going to kill him in one shot. Against a regular human being like the real. Okay. With that being said, you've heard two points. From Race to Canis. You've heard two points from me. Rama, we're at the turning point. Tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the victory. Well, I think one thing that came up early, James, you pointed out that this iteration of Pac-Man you're talking about has a health bar, has three lives, has the ability to heal. And Ray just ignored that completely by going for the one-shot kills Pac-Man by any device. And if we're talking about there, there are power-ups available, as someone who has read the Hush graphic novel, yes, he had the one treatment in the Lazarus, Lazarus pit. Yes, it did cure his brain cancer. But as you pointed out, James, you need multiple treatments to make it actually permanent. He doesn't have that. And if he did get those multiple treatments, then Batman would have told the League of Assassins and Riddler would be dead by now. So that point seems more irrelevant to me and if we're assuming that the riddler has at his disposal his entire bag of tricks because he's always prepared for something he's got his bombs he's got his knockout gas he's got all this stuff it's completely plausible to me that pac-man also has all of his power-ups available here even if we assume this is some frictionless surface situation like in a physics class if we're saying that they have all of their abilities and complements available to them let's just say Heads up, they have everything that they have. They have all of their power-ups. They have access to all of these things about themselves. So I can't take your point, Ray, that there aren't power-ups laying around. Because if I take that, then I also have to assume the Riddler showed up there with nothing but his cane and his hat. And the question is, did he, which version of him showed up? Is it dressed like Frank Gorshin? Is it dressed like Jim Carrey, Paul Dano, <laughs> or maybe the graphic novel version in Hush? Is he, is he completely wrapped up? We don't really know. Same thing about the nose thing uh, that you brought up. That stuck out to me, Ray, because James pointed out that Pac-Man can survive in the vacuum of space, which presupposes he doesn't really need to breathe. So the nose that he has is largely a vanity thing. It's as fascinating as a proboscis on, on that monkey with the hilarious, hilarious face. 
So I think it's more of a fashion statement now that he's got a nose. He went and got a little bit of rhinoplasty to fit in and maybe get some magazine covers. But I don't think that he's going to inhale knockout gas and it's really going to do much. Honestly, it might just taste like uh, Emerald Lagasse seasoning or something for him. He'll just go <laughs> bam and then he'll shoot a power pellet at you. I, that, those things, I'm like, okay, if, if he were human or humanoid in any real way, then sure, I would think that the nose might be a disadvantage. But I honestly don't think Pac-Man gives two sniffs about that nose. And it's not that's not going to stop him. The fact that he can eat through everything and survive, that looms very large here when you're talking about the Riddler has a lot of practicals. He has a lot of practical things. He's got metal things. He's got bombs. Pac-Man eats all this stuff and seems to not be bothered. So, well, wait a minute. If I could add to that, he doesn't eat through the walls. Very, very important. He eats through the things in front of him, but can't seem to eat his way through the walls, even when ghosts are about to kill him. That is a very fair point, and I will take that into consideration. We're going back in that argument of the rational versus the irrational, and James is doing a really good job of pointing out every irrational thing that makes Pac-Man tick. <laughs> and... Ray, you're unraveling a little bit, much like the Riddler when he starts to get emotional when someone isn't playing his game. And I know that he gets emotional because as you called out the Arkham games, which we're not really referring to in this battle, but they are based in the comics, so they are fair game. The Riddler gets really annoyed when you don't play the Riddler trophy minigames. And frankly, I didn't play them because I found mm-hmm. them to be a huge waste of time. Too and many. They were they were annoying. And he's just going to sit up in his little tower and he's going to complain and complain and complain until he has to confront you because you're not playing his game. Pac-Man is looking for things to eat. If we're talking about who's got the edge right now, honestly, James, you had me at butt bounce. That mm. uh, Pac-Man, <laughs> much like Big Frida, the queen of bounce, you know, can command the room. Got that groove. Got that junk, Ray. Can bounce on the Riddler's head. I've seen the Riddler take a beating pre and post Lazarus Pit. And uh, Batman, who is rational and doesn't have as much junk in the trunk as some of the other people in the DC Universe, you know, he's never sat on the Riddler. So I don't have a good basis to say that the super butt bounce isn't more powerful than getting hit by a batmobile so james you're a little bit in the lead right now ray you gotta do gotta do some work here maybe get angry i don't know we got this interesting i i I couldn't agree more with what you're saying uh and by the way this is with no disrespect to the riddler a lot of disrespect to ray but no disrespect to the riddler as a character whatsoever i agree with you 100 ray i'm i'm the only thing i'm shocked by is that the emotion hasn't come out yet you know feel the hate let it flow let's see what you got for your point number three Point number three for the Riddler. And first off, I should not be behind right now. I should be light years ahead. I would just go back to the intellect argument. As I said before, this is a bull versus a matador. Pac-Man is not a higher thinking character. One of the things that the Riddler excels at is he learns patterns of his enemies and he defeats them. What is Pac-Man if not a character not driven by a deeper, higher intellect, but by driven by animalistic instinct to eat? And the Riddler would see his patterns because Pac 
Pac-Man moves in predictable patterns and they can be learned. The Riddler would learn them very, very quickly and completely be able to avoid Pac-Man's attacks one after another after another. And James, you're trying with the nonsense with the health bar. The only Pac-Man game I saw in my research was Smash Brothers that gave my health bar as early as Pac-Man 99, which came out in 2021. He gets one shot by the ghosts in some of these other games. He gets killed by, uh, one-shotted by a stray cat in a Pac-Man adventure game. He gets defeated by a bear who one-shots him with claws, and I saw that in multiple Pac-Man games. And he also gets killed by grazing up against a ghost, a ghost that is immaterial and intangible and isn't even really there. Pac-Man is defeated by things that aren't even really there. The Riddler is there. And in a game called Pac-Man Tilt, I watched Pac-Man get one shot defeated by an electrical current running through the floor. What does the Riddler bring to the table in my point number two, but a staff that shoots electricity. And given that Pac-Man can be defeated by one shot of electricity, this is going to be an easy matchup, an easy matchup for the Riddler, who's going to be able to observe the patterns, get out of the way, and zap him over and over and over again. Also, the Riddler tends to have death traps, tends to put people in mazes. Where does Pac-Man find himself most at home but inside of a maze, which is good for him, except for the fact that as we know from the original Pac-Man video game, he never actually escapes the maze. He just goes on to the next maze. So the Riddler could toy with Pac-Man if he wanted to by dropping him into a death trap and just watching him go forever and ever until eventually he freezes and dies at 256 screens. Another thing I would like to point out right here is Pac-Man's not really a fighter. He likes to eat dots and then leave. He, he would run away if he could. He's trying to get away from the ghosts most of the time until he's able to lure them in because they're dumb ghosts with no brains. And that's not going to work against a character like the Riddler who always has a trap prepared, always has explosives ready to go. Look, if just touching a ghost, grazing against him kills Pac-Man, the Riddler, with his myriad ways that he can attack with the explosions, with the electricity, a straight cat, one-shot Pac-Man, Riddler has got this. There is nothing that pattern-based, non-evolved thinking Pac-Man can possibly do that the Riddler won't immediately figure out and outsmart and get in front of and defeat very, very, very quickly. And at the last thing to talk about, when Pac-Man bites one of these ghosts, what happens? Do they die? No. They just go into a pen nearby and then come right back out again. Pac-Man never actually defeats anybody. He just slows them down. And do they go in that box for two minutes, James? No, they do not. So what, again, is Pac-Man possibly going to do? that the Riddler won't see coming in defeat? The answer is nothing at all. Riddler has this completely in his control. And I'm sorry to say, but Pac-Man's about to shrivel up and die. And that's my point number three. See, was that so hard, Ray? That's what we're all waiting for. I mean, that was, do you feel better? I'll let you know after the decision. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Uh, here's the thing. The Riddler does learn from patterns. And here's his MO. 
He observes what happens with the patterns. He usually does that from a distance, analyzing it from a safe place, then comes up with a master plan and initiates the plan. Again, from a safe place, he's not in the fight, learning the patterns, getting beat, and then saying, I got it. I know the plan I can initiate uh, right now. Not his style whatsoever. The Riddler has a death trap ready on him. Is that what you're saying, Ray? I don't think so. He does, again, neutral location, no previous knowledge of the opponent. It's a random encounter. This is not something the Riddler will be prepared for. Is he intellectually savvy and can see, hey, I'm analyzing. I'm kind of figuring out what's happening to me. Sure. Just like that one time I was fighting that great boxer. I was analyzing what was happening. Yeah, he was killing me with punches. Then luckily the round ended and I'm like, cool, I bought some free time to figure this out. I then stopped the match because that was the same thing to do. Same thing the Riddler will do. Uh, now, the one thing I do have to push back on, Pac-Man is indeed a great fighter. There are a couple of video games where he's actually throwing punches and kicks, and he's got great boxing combinations. So in terms of the pure combative skill area, he can actually hit really, really well with great combinations, great technique. Everything's good. Uh, let me just get to my point number three to kind of illuminate all of this further. See, with my point number three, I'm going to admit something. The Riddler Maybe the best of what he does in terms of setting up a riddle that's really hard to solve. Uh, he's set up intricate plans and riddles that have been even too much for Batman at times. That is awesome. He's an, also, by the way, he's an insanely amazing detective. And given enough time, he can figure out really cool things. And is even out-detective Batman on occasion. That's great. Super high IQ. In fact, this is really cool. Fun fact. The plan for the Riddler in the Zack Snyder, you know, DCEU version of the films was to have the hardest riddle in the universe. That's dark size anti-life equation that he's searching for nonstop. The plan was to have the Riddler solve the anti-life equation. That was the plan. That's how great the Riddler is when he's given time to figure something out, can analyze it, not, you know, from a safe spot and, and he can kind of figure that out. However, all these things have two things in common, all of his accomplishments. Prep time and advanced knowledge of who he's facing or what he's facing. And in a who would win match, in a neutral location, I know I've been saying this a lot, with no prior knowledge of Pac-Man and what Pac-Man can do, the Riddler is not going to be ready. We'll have no idea. Look, the Riddler's going to face, what, maybe a man-sized or human-sized yellow ball with boots and gloves and a face. And it's going to take a while for him to analyze what Pac-Man can do and can't do, and never mind what the pellets can do and what have you. That's not a safe spot for the Riddler to be in. Uh, let's see. Look, he, he can escape stuff really well. My prediction for this is that he's actually going to take the fight and he has a small chance of escaping. Now, if he escapes and there's a second rematch, sure. Could he set up a trap for Pac-Man if he knows what Pac-Man can do? Yes, I think he could. But in a random encounter where he's not expecting anything, this is not a good matchup for him physically. The electricity from the staff, I've already shown that Pac-Man can tank that. In fact, the staff is probably one of the things that Pac-Man eats right away. And then Pac-Man's going to go to his punches. And if the Riddler's still around, he's going to go into his power-ups. It's just too much for the Riddler. By the way, no offense to the Riddler, he's probably in good shape. He's maybe an okay fighter, but he doesn't have anywhere the physicals, never mind the superhuman physicals, to keep up with a Pac-Man. So here's how I see this whole fight going. Uh, in their first encounter, you know, the two will face off. The Riddler looking dazzling as ever because he's very fashionable, love his outfits and everything. He's going to say to Pac-Man, riddle me this. What is found in a house can run for a long time but never gets tired. Pac-Man shrugs his shoulders and says, I don't care. And the fight is on. So Pac-Man, you know, angered by the disrespect, by the way, the Riddler launches an attack. He starts losing it. He's using his cane, all the tech he brings with him, and it's just not doing the job. Pac-Man weathers the attack, starts smashing the Riddler, starts biting his cane, chomping on the Riddler. Riddler's like, I need to get out of here. And if the Riddler is lucky, if the Riddler is lucky, he'll escape. But if he doesn't, 
At the very least, Pac-Man will probably use he does uh, super Pac-Man pellet, just goes superhuman, super Pac-Man right away, and end it right then and there. Because if there's one thing we know about Pac-Man, he doesn't have a problem with killing his opponents. This is gonna get ugly really, really fast. Look, the Riddler, as great of a character as he is, yeah, he's gonna die. Bad. And that's my point number three. You say he doesn't have a problem with killing his opponents, but he normally fights ghosts. So I don't even know what you're talking about. Another thing that we never even mentioned is the fact that Pac-Man is sick. Pac-Man has an illness that will slow him down in the battle. Because if you don't know that he's going to come afflicted with Pac-Man fever... And that can be a debilitating condition that causes you to focus in on something small for a long period of time while monotonous things happen in front of you. I think the Riddler can take advantage of this affliction. But that being said, here's what's actually going to happen. The two are going to be lined up in front of each other. Riddler is going to obviously see he's fighting something that he's never conceived of before. But Pac-Man is going to fight in very simple patterns. He's going to have a very standard, simple way to move and moveset. And Riddler is going to figure that out very, very quickly. On the fly, Riddler can solve puzzles. He can solve riddles. He can solve items like this. This is what he does. Pac-Man is from a game, and there is no one better at defeating games than the Riddler. So what's going to end up happening is he's going to stay back. He's going to let Pac-Man do his thing. He's going to stay out of the way. He's going to be able to get Pac-Man to go in left when Riddler wants to go right. He is a master at that type of sleight of hand, bull and matador, as I said before, Olay, until he figures out what he wants to do. And he's going to drop uh, explosions. He's going to drop explosive devices all over the ring. Sure. He's going to drop a Visa card, a Visa card in the center of the arena. And Pac-Man's going to walk up to it and be confused by it. Why is there a Visa card? Riddler will then turn to Pac-Man and he will say, I want you to have this Visa card, Pac-Man. And Pac-Man will look at him and be like, why? And he goes, because I want you to get one charge in. And he's going to shoot him with the electricity staff. One shot Pac-Man as we have seen over and over and over again. Pac-Man shrivels up, goes away, and the Riddler is victorious. Alright, Rama. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. It is now time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between the Riddler and Pac-Man. Before I get to that, Ray, I would like to applaud you on the most meandering, long-winded, dull, and just absolutely trash visa joke i have ever heard i feel like i listened to 15 minutes of preamble for the laziest pun on credit cards that i've ever encountered and why visa are you getting money from visa it could have been an american express could have been a mastercard could have been a debit card could have been anything anything ray i should have gone diners club i really i should have gone diners club you, and really, you know, I don't even know that I need to sum up all three rounds, partly because of that joke. But I will, because this is a show, and uh, the audience <laughs> deserves to know what happened before we came to this impasse. First round, fairly, fairly even, because you both presented incredibly well-crafted arguments for why your fighter would be adequately prepared for this unusual unusual battle and i found it delightful if not confusing because you were so cordial 
which threw me off. <laughs> then we get to round two, where I was hoping Ray would get angry. Ray did not get angry, which led to more confusion because there was more cordiality in the discussion. But we did end up getting to this idea of the irrational, led by Pac-Man, facing against the more rational Riddler. Which led to James having a slight advantage entering this final round. And I have to admit, Ray, you had a very compelling argument with this electricity and these walls and these puzzles and these patterns. And I honestly thought that while this round was going on, there was no way that you could lose this. But that reminded me of the Riddler, who time and time again, I think to myself, there is no way he can lose this. And then you did something absolutely incredible. You did your filibuster on the most nonsensical charge card joke I have ever heard, which then just made everything abundantly clear to me. You've been talking about the Riddler as some sort of matador. He is not a matador. Matadors are men of action. They wait for the opponent to make a move, and then they move around. They distract, they dissemble, they stab, they poke, they prod. Your arguments, as James had pointed out, requires a bit of planning on the Riddler's part. High ground, electrified floors, lots of walls, all of these things, which would be great if the Riddler had time. There are levels in the Joker challenges in the Arkham games where he has such time with electrified floors and you have to solve some puzzles, which, frankly, Pac-Man would never bother with. But, Ray, what you did, telling me your version of how this battle would be fought, was everything that ends up being wrong with the Riddler, where he's so smug and self-satisfied that he rambles and rambles and ramble on, rambles on, much like in The Incredibles when they say, don't monologue, you're going to get me monologuing. You had the Riddler monologuing. And Pac-Man, as you pointed out, he doesn't have the sense or the interest in paying attention to it. It's as simple as going up to a dog and booping him on the nose while the Riddler is going off on his flight of fancy of why he's so much smarter than Pac-Man. Pac-Man would just super butt drop him and then that's it. That's it, Ray. You set up this beautiful argument and then you undid it <laughs> by being you, Ray. <laughs> you, you are not Frank Gorshin. You are not. Frank Gorshin, you are not. You are not Hush. You need a Lazarus Pit with multiple lives. Because remember, in your one-shot argument that you've been making this whole time, James said in round one, Pac-Man has a minimum of three lives. And when he gets killed, maybe once on the electricity thing, Riddler's going to be dancing around so self-satisfied. I won, I won, I'm the greatest of all time. Pac-Man just comes in and sits on his head. He's going to get distracted, Ray. He's gonna get distracted the way that you've been going about it. You set your own trap for you. You set your own Riddler trap, and James has just been sitting here grinning like a fool, like Pac-Man, because he knew all you had to do was get you angry enough like the Riddler that you'd be so irrational that you just opened the door to conquest by a dummy. But so, I still won, right? <laughs> right. Right. I thought in that third round you were so compelling and so many amazing points. I was like, yeah, this is something I got, really got to think about. I wonder how James is going to match this. And James, you did an excellent job matching it. But I really thought, you know, 
Ray has some excellent points here. There's going to be a point where the Riddler just says enough and then he then he kills him. Okay, Ray said that. That's great. And then then you had to do it, Ray. You had you couldn't control yourself, Ray. You have no one to blame but yourself. Ray was wrong. Ray was wrong. So the official decision in this the battle winner by knockout is Pac-Man. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is why. This is why I enjoy having Ramavaluri on the Who Would Win show. The explanations, the intrigue, the subterfuge that he kind of just brings. I don't even know if it's subterfuge or not, but just everything you bring to the table, Rama, your storytelling, and the way you dismantle Race to Canis is legendary. It's golden. You're a national treasure, good sir. Race to Canis. Great job today. You did your best. Tell the Legion of Audience how you're feeling right now. First off, I regret absolutely nothing. I feel like today's judge tried to set a trap for me, a Riddler trap, where he says, Ray, I'm sorry. After two rounds, you're behind. I need to see a little bit more emotion. And he stirred something in me. And I gave him the emotion. And I gave him the better argument. And I gave him a victory. And then he said, oh, sorry, Ray. You got too emotional. I can't give it to you. That is an outrageous statement. This is why the fans should be able to veto any time I lose on the show because I clearly won today and had it stolen from me. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Ray, I have no superpowers. I have no power-ups. I have no weapons. All I did was ask you if you could get more emotional. And you gave me exactly what I asked. You know what this really sounds like? Almost every Batman encounter with the Riddler... The problem with your analysis, Rama, is that I'm not supposed to be facing you. I'm supposed to be facing James Gavsey. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You guys might be head to head on your arguments, uh -huh. but you got to convince me your real fight isn't with each other. Your real fight is for my judgment. And Ray, I may be a god man in this context. I may be playing dice with the universe and pulling several strings because you know why? Because that makes good podcasting. And Who Would Win is a five-star podcast. Don't forget to rate, like, subscribe, and share Who Would Win on your preferred platforms for podcasts. I have a confession to make. I'm not sure if this is the right time to do it. I'm going to do it. I had to plan out this battle. And the reason why is because, Ray, I don't know if you recall, you were very quick to jump on the side of the Riddler. When this match, you know, hey, Ray, do you want to take on the... Yes, 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 I want it. And that kind of unnerved me. I have to admit that. And I'm like, I don't know what Ray knows or maybe, because Ray does great research. And I had to play this a, a little bit differently, hoping that Rama would kind of be that extra force in the room. And Rama, you were. Please come back. You're fantastic. The fans love having you on. Tell the audience where they can find you. Currently, you can find me on Showtime in the series Super Pumped, playing Tahir Khan. The show is about the rise and fall of former Uber CEO Travis Kalanick and the entire sordid story of Silicon Valley. And then there are a number of cartoons that are out, including Baby Shark's Big Show and Mirror Royal Detective that you can hear me on. And just uh, stay tuned. There's always something else uh, going around. And what are the socials so our, our audience can follow you as well? You can find me at my website, www.google.com, and search my name, Rama Valuri. 
or just, you know, it's just Rama Valuri on Instagram and Twitter and all that. You can find me. We can find you. All right, Race to Canis, congratulations on another great attempt. What's the right word I'm looking for here? Victory, because I won today. I've always said this show would be better if there were no judges and you just let me pick the winner every week. Ray, please tell our listeners where they can find you. First off, I want to say I prepped a five-star review to talk about on the air because I was so sure that I had this victory nailed down and locked in. I'm going to read read it it. anyway. Five stars, best podcast from Albert Arts. And I'm trying to make sense of this. Podcast is this, but Ray will be gone for about a week. Eat done with Ray. He is going to poop. Now, I don't know if uh, some sort of neurological condition afflicted Albert here while he was in the process of writing this review, but I just want to say I am going to poop. I'm going to poop victory in every other battle in mainstream March presents the 1980s versus everybody. I am disgusted that I've had two, two, count them, one, two victories ripped from me by judges so far this month. I'm clearly going to about to go on a run. I'm going to win the last three. I've never in the history of this show lost a mainstream March before, and I don't plan on starting this year. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Come here. Hashtag Ray is right. Hashtag Ray was robbed. Hashtag Riddler. You know, Ray, I think Albert is absolutely fine because I've met some of your friends before. That's just how they talk. He seems to know you really well. You do poop a lot. I mean, a lot. It's 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 quite frightening if you really yeah. consider it. It's just the volume that scares me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. You remember to join the official Hoodman Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Cicanus, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash who would win show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. 
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.